We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on sin. This is Loud and Queer. Queer. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice of queer youth and music on sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I'm bisexual, and I'm coming to you on Bunurong land, and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello, I'm Maria, um, my pronouns are she, her, and I am queer, and I'm also a drag king in, you know, the northern suburbs. <laughs> um, I'd like to um, acknowledge the Woiwurrung people. And I am Sammy, my pronouns are they, them. I'm asexual, I'm recording from Wurundjeri country. I acknowledge sovereignty was never ceded. Also want to acknowledge that uh, sin stands on the lands of the Woiwurrung and Boomerang people and language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations. And uh, Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors, elders, past, present, and emerging. And we also want to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters where our content reaches on and which Sin partner organizations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Yeah, well, um, welcome to Maria. It's great to have you on the show now. You'll be another host working with us now, so it's really great to see you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I appreciated how you said that. It's like, welcome to Maria. It's like I've, I've taken up the whole show now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's great to have you on the show. Um, if you want to check out the show, um, obviously, if you're interested, Maria, but to anyone else that's listening, if you want to check out the show, you can look, look you can check out our social media on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N Loud, or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can also check out this podcast or any of our previous podcasts from both this year and last year or even previous years before that um, on any of your major podcast streaming services. That's, that includes Omi, Spotify, Stitcher and Apple Music. And if you're already listening to this in podcast form, you can catch the show live Sundays, 3 to 4 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time uh, on 90.7 FM or online at sin.org.au. And uh, today on the show, we've got some our usual news whip around and froth on knots, but uh, we'll also be talking about Melbourne Pride. Uh, we're recording this not live to, to pull the curtain back, but the, currently, uh, as you're hearing this live, it will be melbourne pride march and then um it's coming up on the, the 40th anniversary of melbourne pride and of course playing a bunch of uh, amazing queer musicians um so we're going to be jumping now back into our news whip for the week um just as a bit of a content warning we are going to be talking about the coverage of homophobia and transphobic dis- discrimination especially in our first story um so if you are very uncomfortable with that um recommend like skipping ahead a bit or coming back a little just in a few minutes a bit later just to skip over those stories like do whatever you feel is most comfortable but yeah we'll jump to the news now yep for sure all right star observer reports uh city point christian college in carindale has asked parents to sign an updated enrollment contract that allowed the school to expel students on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity bethany lau a former student at the college created a petition calling on calling on the school to recall the amended contract, which has garnered over 150,000 signatures at the point of recording and is still gaining traction. 
The petition reads, City Point is using their religious beliefs to openly discriminate against queer and trans students, as well as threatening to take away their education. In defending the contract, a statement was made highlighting the desire to, quote, maintain the school's Christian ethos, end quote. This comes in the background of Prime Minister Scott Morrison pushing the federal parliament to pass the Religious Discrimination Bill that, among other things, allows faith-based institutions to discriminate in their recruitment policies. Words cannot describe how angry this makes me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, In the end, the college did decide to withdraw the contract, stating, uh, we deeply regret that some students feel that they would be discriminated against because of their sexuality or gender identity and apologize to them and their families on behalf of the college. Bare minimum there, but still still absolutely furious that this entire thing happened if you allow like even just like this small stuff to happen it leads to even worse things like and it just kind of shows that that whole fight to like prove out that we have a right to exist hasn't just ended now that like gay marriage is illegal in australia like there's still so many other small not even small, just small, like so many other like aspects of that need to be fixed. So like, like again, like with the whole rule discrimination bill, like that's still a really big issue that's coming up. Yeah. Like it's genuinely kind of, it's genuinely scary. Yeah. So I definitely like, yeah, definitely keep and keep up with what's happening with the discrimination bill. Cause news like this will, might be commonplace, not to fear Mongo, but it's, will allow it to, mm. to be our, be persistent yeah um so moving on then news reports the international aids vaccine initiative and moderna have announced that human trials for the company's experimental hiv vaccine have officially begun the vaccine builds on technology developed by the by moderna during the covid19 vaccine production with the goal of using mrna to boost hiv immunogens and prevent the virus from from disabling b cells which are essential to fighting disease during the announcement iavi president Mark Feinberg stated, quote, the search for an HIV vaccine has been long and challenging, and to have new tools in terms of immunogens and platforms could be the key to making rapid progress towards an urgently needed effective HIV vaccine, end quote. So there's some good news. Yeah, and um, the Star Observer reports that summer camp, the country's first touring Pride Festival, has been postponed due to COVID-19 restrictions. Originally planned for February 26th, 27th and March 6th across Melbourne, Sydney and Darwin. The festival has now been postponed to an unconfirmed date. You can read the full statement on the Summer Camps Festival's um, Instagram page. Not many people in a partying mood at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, it's it's probably for the best for people's health and safety because it's an international festival, but... Mm. Big Frida as the, the headliner <laughs> and then like yeah. Sicko Confidence Man Cub Spot Veronica's it's gonna be huge when it does happen this year at some point. Oh definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um so that was our news whip for the week. Um if you found any of the stories that we covered today particularly triggering or upsetting, um you are welcome to please and inc- please call these uh life uh, numbers. So you can call Lifeline at 13 11 14. Q live at 1800 184 527. They also have an online chat. All Kids Helpline at 1800 55 1800. Want more Loud and Queer? Follow our socials at SinLoud on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to be jumping into our free range topic right now. Um, and again, like it depends entirely on when you are listening to this, but 
uh, Melbourne Pride March is coming up. Um, so as well as the 40th anniversary of that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And then uh, on February 13th, so coming up being Melbourne Pride, which uh, is commemorating the 40th anniversary of decriminalization of gay male sex in the state. Yeah. So I feel like the 40th anniversary, it's maybe a good time to chat about it. Um, I just think keeping things general, um, we're recording this before like... Uh, Sunday in the March, obviously. Either of you planning on attending or have either of you been to um, the Pride March before? I feel like it's it's strange. This is actually my first time at a Pride March. Um, it's usually due to the fact that it sounds strange, but for a person who's a performer, I get really like anxious sometimes being in like parades. Like it's I, I just feel like really overwhelmed by the amount of people. Like I've always felt a bit like I'm a bit socially anxious um, when it's like, I can't control all the variables, I guess. Like, um, like I find that like sometimes festival environments like stress me out a little bit. Um, but this year is like the first year that I feel like I have a good group to do it with. Um, but also it's like in the middle of like the pandemic, it's a bit like, ah, but um, I'm, um going to be marching with um the melbourne drag kings um kind of like banner so that that's really exciting and we're all gonna dress up and it's really wholesome and everyone's really nice and everyone has been like volunteering their time to make it a really special event you know and doing like you know little dance numbers and you know, making sure that we have all the tech ready and the banners and stuff. So I think it's going to be really sweet. Yeah, that's that's really cool to hear. Like, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that um, what I'm really looking forward to it is just feeling kind of like it, it's going to be like my first experience of kind of like more of a kind of big celebration, I guess. I feel like I'm just, like, I've never really, like, been attached to it as much. Like, um, so I'm excited to be able to experience with other people and, you know, see familiar faces and such. And I think, honestly, I think I know why I've wanted to go this year in comparison to all the other years. Like, now I, now I, reflecting on it, now I know. It's, like, it's less about like maybe anxiety and such. And it's more because normally I wouldn't go because I kind of had the means to go to things outside of that, you know, like I could go to like different venues, I could perform and all this stuff, but because we've been locked up, um, like, I mean, like as in like in lockdown for quite a while, um, I found that it means a lot more now to go and to celebrate each other and like be very supportive of one another um just because you realize how important community is and I think that if you kind of look at it from a perspective of you know trying to just meet up with a community of people that you care about and you know you spend time with but in in different contexts but you're all kind of actively working to make it a really nice event it's really meaningful yeah yeah that's a really good point that we like the community has just been like locked down so it is it's definitely like more to it than just the 40th anniversary year it's like 
going to be probably quite a quite a charged one yeah well a year for everyone to come back and you know sh- you know show their pride <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly as, as as cheesy as that sounds <laughs> Uh, I went to the uh, the Pride March in 2019, and I uh, went like marched in the community radio like contingent or community media contingent, and then came straight back <laughs> and did loud and queer um, after being in the sun like all morning. So, yeah, that was that was fun, um, and yeah, I didn't quite get to stick around for a lot of the uh, the post stuff, obviously, because it goes to like 9 p.m. with events after, but. Um, yeah, it was nice. The the there was lots of um, conversations, which I think are still happening about who the space is for nowadays, and um, like who is more welcome and who is less welcome, which we might talk on later with some news around uh, petitions and whatnot. Like I personally, like I've not really been to any pride parades. I think I like I went to one like a few years ago, but even then, I didn't stay for very long, just because I. At the time, I was going more of as an ally rather than actually as someone part of, of the community. Um, like, right now, I haven't gone to them mainly just because every time it's on, I usually have work or something. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, as much as I do want to express more pride for, for my sexual identity, I um, I need to go make that money. <laughs> so, But, again, like, I think that they are fan they are really great um like events to hold like if you personally don't want to go to them like that's also perfectly fine but like if you do want to go to them like even if you just want to go and experience it even just for a little bit like definitely go to them because they're such incredible like experiences to have and just sort of see those people that you can also identify with and just see the community that you're a part of because it's it can be very different Especially just like seeing if it's like just between just your friends or just like in an online platform, but then going and actually seeing like a full like event and parade that's a relate that's about like the community that you are a part of and the identity that you represent, like that is a fantastic feeling to have. So I highly recommend going at least once in your life, whether this year, or next year, or in, at any time, like highly recommend it. I guess we'll can talk a bit about the history as well because we are talking about the 40th anniversary um yeah so i guess it around the um ending in 1981 was the decriminalization of um gay sex for men but before then it's quite a prolific history in victoria of um like police coercion and entrapment and um uh, it wasn't just uh, like even though the law specifically outlined gay men, it, it was um, like women were still kind of uh, well, lesbian women were still kind of targeted by police with trying to use these laws, and of course, um, like trans people really just like didn't exist within the language of this law, so it it was very easy uh, for trans people to be discriminated against with it. And um, one of uh, prominent activists, Peter McCowan, uh, was a 17-year-old boy when he was like jailed in 1967 uh, under this law. And uh, he's been a big advocate against it and just law reform in general uh, for a long time. And um, 
so yeah, Jamie Gardner was another um, activist and he established the Homosexual Law Reform Coalition. It was quite a big lobbyist for change. And uh, he's been involved in like recent committees that are still advocating. And uh, there is an article by a Star Observer called The Road to Melbourne Pride, which definitely recommend you read. Um, it'll cover it more of this history kind of in depth if you want to learn. But um, a quote from Gardner is that one might have hoped discrimination would fix things, but of course it isn't so simple. Decriminalization um, certainly enabled changes to begin, but ending the prejudice, prohibiting discrimination, recognizing and protecting our relationships, all these took hard work and came slowly. Much is still to be done. So I think, uh, yeah, much is still to be done is pretty important to note. And then like that, uh, the history and like what Pride is celebrating 40 years on was uh, like ultimately changing discrimination that was enabled by the state and police. So it's an interesting thing to keep in mind. Yeah, exactly. Like even then, like we, um, like it can be easy to forget, but like even now, like only married, like like gay marriage was only like finally legalized in australia in 2017 like that was not long ago at all so like that fight is still ongoing for sure and then in the 70s up to the early 80s you couldn't hold hands without getting a fine so it's um and yeah obviously there's decriminalization in the 80s that like isn't going to necessarily lead to kind of the wider society accepting things it definitely helps but and will come a long way in those 40 years but um still a lot of kind of conservative beliefs and laws that um like the religious discrimination bill that proves there's still a lot of those kind of like old beliefs around um well uh yeah i guess in talking about that history as well um obviously it is always quite a debate around police at Pride. And um, it actually was Brisbane Pride has um, been one of the first in the country, I believe, to actually like ban them. And two activists in our community, um, Frank Gaffer and Joshua Badge, created an open letter. It was signed by over 100 activists, academics, writers, and performers, um, calling on that police should not march at Midsummer Pride and yeah, you can go to Joshua Badger's socials and read um, some of the reasons that they've called on it. But uh, I think one notable statistic was uh, like four in five queer Victorians do not trust the police, I think was um, findings of like a recent survey. So yeah, from the Victorian Pride Lobby. Yeah. So that, that's a pretty interesting stat for like... Um, if police should be around in this space, if like this survey suggests such a large number of us don't trust them. I guess the, another one that has been happening is uh, some people in the community are pointing out that Midsummer has partnered with Circo to do security. And um, so a lot of like queer refugee activists and queer refugees have pretty publicly criticized Circo for their involvements with like offshore detention um, security and yeah so that is like more of a general not just pride but generally midsummer are using circo for their events so some people uh straight up just won't feel comfortable going knowing that but i definitely think if like 
I don't haven't seen um, any refugee organizations call a boycott because of it, but I could definitely understand if that is something that happens. But yeah, I guess that's that mm. comes with corporatizing <laughs> these um, like events that come from like more grassroots causes, you know, that make these official ties. I, I think that um, something that often happens when it comes to big festivals is that often they try and appeal to everyone, but then in doing so belittle people's voices. Um, and I think that the, the issue is that brands gain something from, you know, being associated to queer events. Um, you know, they, they seem to show that their brand aligns with, you know, um, a certain, like, um, you know, um, kind of cultural impact almost, you know, there's a capital that they kind of gain from associating themselves with like events like Midsummer, for example. Um, and I think that the problem occurs quite heavily when they use that to kind of, you know, wash their hands from any issues that they might have with the community itself or other communities that um, are represented within the queer community. Yeah. So I would say that, um, like, I agree that, you know, there is benefit for the community in having these performances on, you know, you know, examples like representation and such, but, you know, to what extent, you know, do we have to go through the same measures of like um, this kind of like branding and commercialization in order to enjoy like a festival that's supposed to be supporting the community. And when there's things like conflicts of interest and things that, you know, um, affect, you know, different groups within the community. Um, I don't know who it kind of caters for in the end if it continues to follow that sort of process. I, I just think that there's, you know, what what does it really bring if it kind of isolates people, you know, in making them feel uncomfortable in various different ways? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm just happy generally that, um, like, performers and artists in the community are getting getting paid, but um, I'm always more inclined to a radical, like, non-commercial queer space personally, and um, I think that's, like, where some of the best community work comes out of. And, and yeah, I, like, there is the, the blatant fact that with police marching in Pride and Circo being present, some people just won't be going to the, these midsummer events at all. Like some just as a pure matter of like safety. So yeah, it's, you know, it definitely can't be just sidelined or like taken off the discussion because there like is so many events that are being organized. And it's a hard conversation to have as well um, in regards to, you know, artists wanting to get paid you know, it's all good and well to be on like this kind of, um, you know, sort of idea of like, you know, stuff, you know, these kind of brands that are problematic, stuff everything, 
you know, I'm going to just follow this kind of non-commercial path. But then it, it provides, you know, little rewards sometimes, you know, like I, I just feel with my own personal self, you know, if you don't, you know, put yourself in positions where you're kind of at the forefront of, you know, these big festivals or various things like that, you know, nobody knows who you are because it's like it's a big way of getting, you know, attention. So it's kind of like you're like, oh, and also it's really nice to get paid sometimes, you know, just it, it, it is. Yeah. And it's just and you just feel kind of like umming and ahhing because it's like I might say all these things and, you know, be self-aware in some senses. But then, you know, if someone instantly, you know, offers me the opportunity to, to perform at Midsummer, I'm like 100 percent sign me up. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, sometimes like this is very a very situational um statement to make a hundred percent but in the sense of like when you need money to put food on the table like sometimes you gotta sacrifice the small morals in certain senses like that like if you have issues with like issues with midsummer and everything like if the opportunity comes up you're gonna take it as you said like that's a very situational statement though like don't take that out of context (laughs) no yeah i definitely like don't think anyone taking up midsummer gigs um like should be criticized for it it's pretty rough time for performers but um yeah and i think a lot of those Mm. people would still be pretty receptive to the community critiques um anyways we hope you enjoyed that uh just important talk about midsummer and just all the aspects of that um if you did find any of what we talked about during that segment like upsetting or triggering please um, do call these hotlines. You can call QLife at 1-800-184-527 or Lifeline at 13 11 14. And uh, we're going to be jumping into Froth or Not now. Mine ties into the, the track we're going to ride out on, but I can, I'll, I'll talk about it and then we'll circle back to the track. But um, it uh, my Froth this week has been FK Twig's new album slash mixtape capra songs it's incredible it's the sweet 16 feature album this week as well which i think is well deserved and uh yeah it's i mean we had um magdalene in 2019 which was i think like album of the year maybe decade for me it's exceptional and then uh, this is like a really interesting follow-up to that it's uh it's like hyper pop tinged like magdalene but instead of getting like ethereal it's like all these throwbacks to kind of like I feel her early EDM discography, and then it's got some like dives into dancehall as well. So, yeah, it was the the announcement came like a week before the album as well. So it really just was a surprise project, but uh, yeah, a really cool mixtape by someone I think is like really pioneering in that pop space. So hundred oh, percent, yeah, definitely Capra songs for me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um. I don't know, like, my froth, I think, is just, like, at the time of recording, it hasn't happened yet, and the time this is released, it will have already happened and everything, but, like, I'm excited as as a bit of my froth, um, just, like, I guess the day after this comes out and everything, like, Sammy and I will have been doing, like, we're wrapping up a a videographer gig that we've been doing, uh, What's the event fully called? I just want to get the name right. Uh, it's just Smash, which um, yeah. people would have been heard me like frothing over uh, last year when it was a virtual event. And so it's uh, it's making mm. it's been making its um, in-person return this year. I think it's like, yeah, exceptional local drag. 
Yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. It's going to be such a great event. So yeah, that's definitely my froth. And we'll probably <laughs> we'll, we'll probably talk a lot of drag next week after we've done that. And uh, Maria's done Pride March and all the great drag king stuff. Great yeah, stuff. I'm doing a few things actually. Like I'm doing a dragathon, doing the Pride, and then I'm doing a show the next week. Like I'm doing, I think three shows in a row oh, yeah. which is kind of cool because i haven't done that in a while <laughs> but i'm really scared that i'll get sick but that's okay um let's move on <laughs> from that um i'm like i would say my froth is uh rehearsing again like i really like rehearsing you know performances and stuff like that over um this kind of week and so it's been like I, I decided to do like kind of like a Billy Joel sort of rendition, which is a bit like there's like a, you know, like I always thought Billy Joel was Italian for some reason. I think it's because he had like scenes from the Italian restaurant and then like he like sings Uptown Girl. And I, I don't know, he just gave off like a, a vibe that he could have been Italian. So then like I found out recently that he wasn't. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll do it anyway because I feel like everyone's in a similar vibe as me. And there's, like, this song that I would, like, um, listen to while I was, like, mopping the floors and that's the only hit I'm going to give in regards to, like, my performance. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. That's awesome. That sounds – yeah, that sounds great. Um, today on the show, we obviously we had our froth or not. We had we had a great discussion about uh, Melbourne Pride March and Midsummer, so that was a really good topic to talk about. Um, and we also, of course, had our um, news whip. Um, but if you want to reach out to us about anything that we talked about, or give a welcome to Maria for joining the show, um, you can reach us out. You can reach out to our socials on Twitter and Instagram at sinloud. That's at s y n loud or Loud and Queer on Facebook. And yeah, we will be back next week, Sunday at three. And uh, Maria had to duck out, obviously, as you can tell that they're not around right now. But um, (laughs) uh, they'll also be back on the show next Sunday. And uh, keep an eye out for any Silvio uh, Debashi gigs happening. Also check out our Spotify playlist at the Loud and Queer Mixtape. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media. 